I'm Danny, that witch next door. And you're listening to That Witch Podcast. my witchy and magical neighbors. Welcome. I'm that witch next door. I'm Danny. I'm your host, your guide, your mentor, and your instructor in all things magic, witchcraft, and witchy business. And uh, this is a good one today, aren't they all? Um, (laughs) I am really excited for today's episode because A, one of my favorite forms of magic be definitely one of the most requested uh, episode topics, especially as of late. So I'm very, very excited to bring you all this episode on home magic, home energy, and really nurturing and therefore utilizing just this abundant energy that's always right at home. So in astrology, we first start to really learn about our house, right? Our home in Taurus and in the second house. This is where we, in the wheel of the Zodiac, this is when we build our shelter, when we really lay down roots for a longer term stay. And we build shelter and fill it with possessions and tools for our life and our survival, okay? Now, because the second house is traditionally ruled by Venus, right? So since it's traditionally ruled by Taurus, we have this Venetian ruling there. And this means that the necessities, if you will, or the tools and possessions or the house that we have, that is kind of up for debate. That's kind of subjective, right? What's a necessity? You could be the most bare, bare of bones minimalist. You might be this, I've seen the new trend growing, a maximalist. And both would tell you that uh, those possessions in that house is a necessity, right? So because of the protection that our house physically gives us, right? And it it physically maintains our life because it protects us from the elements and it gives us a safe place to retreat and to rest and to refuel ourselves. This means that the home, the house, wherever you live, and it doesn't mean you have to live in a house, but the home, wherever you live, the shelter, is already inherently abundant with magic and energy. So you can tap into and harness this, really consecrate it, deem it as sacred, and start allowing yourself to be refueled and recharged through this really sacred and divine abundant energy already occurring in the place that you live. Now, I want to do a disclaimer. If you live somewhere that you don't feel like is your home for any reason, whether it's because you don't feel like you could be yourself, you don't feel safe there, 
you don't like who you live with or you don't feel safe with who you live with. Maybe it's a location issue. Maybe that location could be on a community level or on a weather, right? Like a climate level. Maybe there's, there's something you don't, that doesn't align with you as far as the physical locality goes. I want to let you know that home magic is not only still for you, it is going to be an incredibly, incredibly powerful tool for you. As we go into this episode and kind of learn about how we can work with and harness home energy, and I'll be giving you some insights and tips and things like that. If you are somebody who doesn't feel welcome or or safe or comfortable in your home, I want you to start specifically exploring and learning more about home and hearth magic because there are ways there are ways to create this space and this energy for yourself. You might be able to do it within the physical locality of your home in a safe and or private way. And it may be something that you actually take with you, okay? And that you don't keep physically within the locality or location of your home. And and you can harness and be refueled and rejuvenated by that home energy elsewhere or create a different source for yourself. Okay. So I want us to have the, the courage and empowerment to think beyond any borders or boundaries or limits that, that trigger some kind of thought pattern within yourself that you can't practice home energy because it's not true. You can do it. I promise. You can create your own, you can create your own home energy. So we're going to think outside of the box um, as we go. And I will always offer my little creative little tips and stuff for anything uh, that you can do outside of the traditional uh, physical walls of the place that you sleep. Okay. Now, why, oh, why? Like, why is, is the home so, so rejuvenating to us, right? It provides the shelter. It's a, it's a safe place where we can physically refuel, uh, meaning like physically feed ourselves, right? Literally refuel and rest and restore our energy supplies. So sleep. This means that our house is constantly giving to us. The home is such a nurturing, caregiving place. This is why, yes, there is so much Taurus and Venus and the second house in, in home, in home magic. And there is also so much Cancer and Moon and fourth house energy in home and hearth magic as well. They really, really kind of come together in a really beautiful way, quite honestly. Uh, the That whole first quadrant of the zodiac wheel represents those very first elementary building blocks of your personal inner world, okay? And so part of that is definitely your house and your home. Think of house with like second house and think of home when we think of fourth house, okay? So... 
we know that we get refueled. We know that we're rejuvenated in our home. But this also, even beyond these more basic survival needs, is the the more emotional fulfillment that a home can and should be providing us. So I love that the second house, this house of material, physical environment is ruled by Venus because I think that it gives depth to the, the themes of that house, okay? This is why we can get lost in materialism in Taurus and in the second house in general. Look at who rules your second house um, to kind of look at any themes you might have around materialism or how you spend money and uh, how you value things. Um, but because this is traditionally ruled by Venus, we know that Venus has this like very divine knowing and understanding an appreciation of of the the earthly and the physical environment as well as the deeper meaning and feeling if you will right behind and within all of those things and so in cancer this is where those uh like more of our connotations of the word home and more of the energy of home really comes into play. In the second house is where we deal with a lot of the physical physical parts if that kind of helps uh differentiate here. And and again, the physical parts like I said can still have a lot of beautiful and energetic meaning. I don't mean that, but we're still dealing with the with the very physical. In the, in the fourth house, this is more of the feelings and the energy, whatever family means to you, whatever home means to you. And the reason we want to work with both of these houses, and again, you can work with strictly, you can look at your second house and your fourth house, what rules there, do you have any placements there, okay? And you can also go beyond those little walls in your own chart and look at your own moon sign, Look at where your Taurus energy is. Look at where your Venus energy is. Look at where your Cancer energy is, okay? So take your whole chart into consideration. Look up all of these different layers, okay? Because you can start to understand your unique energy that will naturally come through in your home magic, okay? So um, I... I think that one of the most important places to start is locating and or designating the heart of your home. This can be a physical place, okay? It can be for, historically, this was considered the hearth because the hearth was where cooking took place and it is where the heat source of the house was. So there was literally life that came from the hearth. This is a huge fundament, uh, fundamental in uh, kitchen magic and kitchen witchcraft. So if you haven't already listened to that episode, it's only a few episodes ago, make sure you check that out. So the hearth was really seen as the heart and the lifeblood of the home because it gave so much sustenance, so much resilience, and so much life with its, with its uh, heat powers. 
Nowadays, in modern times, some witches still very much identify with this and the heart of their home is in their kitchen, okay? Um, It could be your stove. It could be maybe uh, you have a window in your kitchen that looks out and that's like one of your favorite most, like when you stand there, you feel rejuvenated. You feel peace and serenity, okay? So it might be in the kitchen. It might be in your bedroom. Maybe it's in your living room. Maybe you have like a room or a space that's where you go and meditate or your plants are there, your crystals are there. Um, It could be just a particular window in your home. It didn't have to be in the kitchen. It could be just a particular window where the sun shines just right and, and, or the view is just right. Or so where is the heart of your home? Take a moment to, to think about where you feel the most rejuvenated one and two, the most pure, authentic form of yourself. When we're at home, we should feel, we should be able to take our mask off. We should be able to take anything off from our day, right? That, that kind of tailors our personalities to other people. Okay. This should be a place where we shed all of that. And we are what remains is the most pure and comfortable version of ourselves. So if that place for you exists within your home, where is it? If that place for you exists outside of your home, where is it? Okay. Then I want you to take, once you have kind of nailed down the location, wherever that is for you, Again, if it's outside of your home and you're already going, uh, Danny, that place for me is not a place that it's easy for me to frequently visit. Ha <laughs> ha That's okay. I'm going to help you still harness and carry that energy with you so that you can tap into it whenever you need it. I'm telling you, home magic is for you. So now that you've located the heart, okay, wherever it is, your heart, your home, I want you to start with visualization as always, right? And just in your mind, physically bring yourself to that space. If you are able to physically go to that space and stand there or sit there, do it. Please definitely do. And notice how your body feels. Notice what your mind is doing. Notice what your emotions are doing. Just notice. Be an observer. Try not to judge. If you have to go there and visit it just in your mind, that's okay. Drum up as much detail as possible. What would you be able to smell? What would you be able to hear right now? What would you be able to see? What would you be able to feel under your feet, under your hands? Would you be sitting? Would you be standing? This is a way to really, really solidify a physical feeling, okay, and bring it into an energetic space and kind of encapsulate it for yourself. There's a few ways that you can do this. Once you have that energy, once you have that visualization, okay, now you've got the vibe. Let's put it somewhere. If you have a physical, if it's in your home, this is a place where if you're able to designate or set up any kind of altar, small shelf. Maybe maybe you can't. Maybe you can just hang something on a wall. Maybe you can just use a certain color of throw pillow or a certain color of blanket. 
or put a certain rug there. It's okay if you can't, um, you know, put a, a full-blown altar right there, but is there a way for you to mark the area in a sacred way? Now, if it's a place that you had to picture, okay, it's a place outside your home. Maybe it's a place that doesn't belong to you. Maybe it's your favorite coffee shop. Maybe it's your favorite spot in a park, okay? Um, if it's not a place that you can mark like that, then I want you to intuitively come up with or select some kind of way to encapsulate that energy. This could be in a spell jar. This could be um, in an amulet or a talisman. This could be in a specific stone that you want to use to carry with you. You could also make a uh, working or a walking altar as well, where you get a small box um, or a small container that is easy for you to travel with. And you can first consecrate the container itself with that energy, okay? That that visualization and vibration that you were able to, to visualize and create for yourself. And then fill it with objects that also honor and amplify that energy for you. Now, those of you that do have a home and maybe you are able to set up a full-blown altar, you can still do this. I do this all the time. My home is one of my greatest sources of comfort, particularly because I practice so much home magic. I put a lot of comforting energy into my home. I put a lot of peaceful energy into my home. And then I very strongly and very sacredly protect that. (laughs) So over time, you will see that it gets much, much more effective. Trust me. And so the more effective it becomes, I harness that energy and I take it with me all the time, whenever I need it. So there are all kinds of different little tools or accessories that I take with me um, that I will leave on the altar in the heart of my home to really charge it with and invoke it with the energy of my home, especially if it's something really specific, like if it, if it is comfort specifically, like I need to take comfort with me today. I'm taking the comfort of my home with me today. But it might be um, I'm taking the rejuvenation I'm taking the peace. I'm taking the confidence that my home gives me, right? Whatever that could be. You can, you can totally select your own intention, but I'll set it on the heart of my, on the altar of the heart of my home. Really let it infuse with that energy from my home. And then I can wear it or take it with me wherever I go. Okay. Now, another very important part of all of this, right? Because this, our home is such an abundantly giving source to us. Oh, it's really beautiful. Um, We need to keep that beautiful exchange going. Remember our episode about the divine energy exchange? Ha ha ha. That very much applies just as much here as anywhere else, right? We're receiving something. So we need to be giving something. Otherwise, if an exchange isn't happening, something will run out. That's why we give. If you work with deities, if, if whatever it is, if you give an offering or give back to anything in your life, whether it's literally, literally anything, that is you doing your part in the divine energy exchange so that there's always enough to go around, so that it's always abundant. That's why we also give. And that's why we, we don't have fear in taking. 
because we know we're also giving. This entire concept very much applies to our home. One of the best, best ways we can give to our home is through cleansing, okay? Cleansing, decorating, how we care for and nurture our home should reflect how we want our home to care for and nurture us. So it's actually not very difficult to come up with ways to nurture and care for our home. How would you like to be nurtured and cared for, okay? And how can you apply that to your home? Would you want to be neglected for days or weeks or months or years on end? No, just left to be neglected and forgotten about and collecting dust and and mildew and cobwebs, and right? Like, no, we want someone to notice. We want someone to care about us. We want someone to take the damn time to offer us a little bit of care and nurturing that we're always offering them. And our home, my friends, is no different. So this is why in witchcraft, the broom and the cauldron are both hugely popular and powerful symbols throughout fucking Jesus centuries and centuries, maybe longer, like so long. The cauldron, first of all, was typically the main receptacle that you did any kind of cooking in, like any of it. And so high form of sustenance and survival, right? So obviously, obviously the cauldron brought so much life with it. It was a very, very, very sacred symbol. The broom is how we give back. So the cauldron really does give to us, right? It produces this food. And the broom is one of these ways, it's part of our exchange with our home and how we give back. And it's caring for our home. Now, Danny, I thought that the broom symbolized protection and purification and cleansing. It does, but aren't all of those beautiful ways to nurture somebody, (laughs) to take care of somebody, is to um, cleanse them of like old stagnant energy and to protect them. Yeah, like that's... (laughs) Sounds pretty great to me. So yes, this is why the broom houses a lot of that energy. And this is why cleansing and yes, the dreaded cleaning in general is actually a very sacred act. Um, I was really excited that so many of you reached out to me a little while ago. It was actually after the cleansing 101 uh, episode that we did, not that long ago. I will link the kitchen and the uh cleansing episodes for everybody so you can uh, listen if you didn't or re-listen if you want a little refresher. The cleansing episode would be a nice a nice refresher going into cleaning your home if you feel really inspired by this episode. But, you know, I was really excited by how many of you reached out to me and wanted more in-depth about really applying cleansing to your home, to the cleaning that we already do. I had people reach out to me about like applying that in their actual home, like the cleaning that we all do at home. But people that uh, professionally clean homes or offices for a living reached out to me and asked me, Danny, how can I incorporate this cleansing magic and energy into cleaning. It's literally my livelihood. And I was like, yay, I love this so, so much. 
I am a huge fan of cleaning. I achieve a very peaceful meditative state in, in cleansing and in cleaning mode. And so I kind of, um, I was very similar to a lot of kids that had a really combative relationship with cleaning because most of us in our generation with our parents' generation, you know, they were so pressured, if not full-blown abused, right, to, to maintain this like perfect, spotless, clean home. And a lot of parents tried to do their best and not passing that on to us, but, you know, conditioning and unresolved trauma and stuff like that, lots of it was, was passed on. And so as children, we either had big confrontations with our parents when it came to cleaning our rooms or, or our toys up or whatever, or having chores eventually. Um, maybe we, uh, developed some anxiety around cleaning. Maybe you develop some shame around cleaning. And this could be on any end of the spectrum. I just want you to know right now, there's somebody on the other end of the spectrum feeling just as shameful as you are. You're not alone. The people that have their homes um, spick and span and love cleaning and clean all the time, a lot of people struggle with anxiety and clean out of fear or for a need to control or because they have right um, unresolved trauma and shame and things like that. On the flip side, a lot of people that avoid and are triggered by cleaning and um, live what some people would call in a, a messy life or whatever, uh, they also do so that are um, for reasons rooted in the exact same reasons as the person on the other end of the spectrum. They manifested in different ways because we all had such different experiences growing up. But just know, just know that cleaning in general, whether you have a clean home or a messy home or a clean car or a messy car or whatever it is, um, it is very, very natural to feel a little triggered by this stuff. And don't feel silly about that. I think a lot of us invalidate ourselves and we're like, oh my God, it's just cleaning. It's not a big deal. Well, it is a big deal. It's a really big deal. Again, our most of our parents were like, insanely conditioned <laughs> to um, like hyper perfect their environment and they didn't know how to loosen up with us. And so it really truly is very valid that we have these really deep, deep seated triggers <clears throat> or feelings of discomfort or agitation or feelings of resentment or feelings of even embarrassment when it comes to messes and when it comes to cleaning. So number one, don't brush that under the rug. Pun <laughs> super fucking intended. <laughs> don't brush that under the rug. This is an area for shadow work. I really do want you to explore it, whether that's in your journal or while you're cleaning, it doesn't matter, uh, or both. But taking care of and nurturing our home and our possessions is a really beautifully necessary part of this process. And so I do really implore you to have the courage to face some of these shadows and to work through them so that you can really transform and transcend your relationship and your wounds that you've had with cleaning and with messes and any of the shame that you may have around that and really transmute that into a now very sacred, very meditative, and now very rejuvenating process for yourself. No, you don't have to wake up in the morning and go, I get to clean my house today. I get it. All right. Like 
chores, daily responsibilities. Like it's okay that the mundane things um, that we lack a little bit of motivation. <laughs> that's that's totally and completely okay. Um, that, in fact, is a whole separate episode and a whole separate topic and a whole separate planet. Your motivator, your your ability to initiate action and get started doing something. That's your Mars sign. So go ahead and go look there first. <laughs> go look at your first house and stuff. Um, but uh I, I do really encourage you to start healing that relationship because though you might not find this happy-go-lucky, yippee-ki-yay, I get to clean my house today. I get to do my laundry. I get to, I get to trim the bushes or clean the windows or whatever it is, right? It's okay if you do, uh, uh, gripe a little bit. I get it. I still implore you as a witch, as an energy worker, as a practitioner, to kind of step outside that conditioned human mindset and how can you make that act more magical for yourself? Okay, first, so make it more enjoyable for yourself. And then how can you make it more sacred? So when we make the task itself more enjoyable, this puts us in a better mindset to actually, um, you know, act in a much more sacred manner, okay? If we're pissed the entire time that we're cleaning, think about it if somebody was taking care of you and they were just fucking irritated with you the entire time they were taking care of you. Has that maybe ever happened to you in your life and you can kind of think about how that's felt? Think about your home, okay? Don't put that energy out there into your home while you're taking care of it. Try to really, really personify your home's energy, okay? Try to really almost personify it into an entity. And this is why a lot of people do work with gods and goddesses of the hearth and the home um, or of kitchen magic, right? Because uh, it's a it's a really easy way to personify the energy in your home. And this puts us in a much easier place and mindset to actually nurture and care give for something. I actually kind of do a combination of these. I work with ancient, ancient goddess Inanna, and that is who my home's heart altar is dedicated to. Um, Inanna for me and in my home is one, one beautiful of many, many aspects and many versions of, of the energy and entity that protects and, and rejuvenates that resides within my home and, and within everyone's home, quite honestly, in some practices they might just refer to this energy as the goddess, okay? And this this represents um, everything, all of that energy, all those different de- deities, all those different energies. Some people might refer to it as, as just spirit, right? You could totally, totally just dedicate your home's heart altar to just spirit in general, right? Because in really, truly what we're doing in the energy that we're working with is that ultimate, ultimate rejuvenation, that 
ultimate vibration of giving and receiving. So whatever that looks like for you, if you want to put a face on it, if you want to personify it, if you want to give a name to it, if you want to find a deity that connects to it or a symbol that connects to it or an animal that connects to it, do it. If the energy doesn't have a face to you and it just makes sense and you understand it and you know how to work with it, dope. That's called clairsentience. I'm clairsentient too, my friend. And a lot of the energies I work with are like that, where I'm like, Haha, there is no human language for me to describe this to you. I just know it in my body, in my bones, and in my soul, and I work with it. That is clairsentience. And that might be the energy that resides in your home and that you work with, okay? But I do want you to take time. It's a very important part of home magic to, once you had created that visual, like we talked about at the beginning, now broaden that to what is now, what does that morph into? How does that look like and manifest into the energy that represents your home, capital H, okay? So when we personify or when we really give it its own separate entity or energy, this makes it much, much easier to nurture our home through cleansing and through cleaning, okay? Now, there is, there's a million ways to clean your house. It depends on A, the tools and the products and all those things that you like to use. But essentially, for those of you to answer your question, those of you that were wondering, you know, how do I really incorporate these cleansing energies into the actual physical cleaning that I do? uh, Number one, start with your mindset and start with your visualization. While you're fit, this is the most free and accessible way to do it first and foremost. And so that is the best place to start. Envision all of your hard work that you're doing in that moment, not only physically cleaning away the dirt and the grime and the dust and all of that, but what does the dirt, what is the grime, what is the dust, what are the stains, what does that all represent for you in your life? And you'll see while you're cleaning, this is why it's really great to put on a certain type of music that helps you just kind of zone out and 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 meditate a little bit, right? Because while you're cleaning... You can do this while you're weeding. You could do this while you're, while you're taking, like painting a room, while you're uh, sweeping under a bed, while you're organizing clothes, while you're rearranging a drawer, any type of cleaning. It doesn't just have to be physically cleaning up dirt or a mess, okay? But in general, as you get into this meditative space, as you get into these actions and you're cleaning something or reorganizing it, what metaphors come through? Because I guarantee they'll come through. This is why when you get into that meditative space, it's nice because if you can just kind of open up, you'll see when you're pulling the weeds, what are the weeds in your life, my friend? What are the dust bunnies in your life that have been under there for a long time? What are you able to bring out into the light, sweep out, transmute and get rid of? Let these things come forth, okay? That's the first step in that visualization. And then the next layer, very important, please listen, is what energy do you want to leave behind? What are you replacing that with? Remember how we talked about this is a big, beautiful divine energy exchange, how our house gives to us, so we give to our house. This cleaning and cleansing is that on another smaller level. You're taking away something, right? The dirt and the shitty and the stagnant. And what do you want to leave behind? This could vary room by room. 
This could vary area by area. There are certain rooms of my house where I want to leave behind energies of focus and concentration and productivity and follow through. There are areas of my house that I want to invoke energies of peace and rejuvenation and comfort and love and fulfillment. There are areas of my house that are all the fuck about protection, 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 right? All about safety and protection. So these different energies and intentions, you can then infuse and leave behind in place of all the other crap that you got out. So these can also be, again, applied to different metaphors for our life as well. As you're pulling the weeds, as you're, as you're painting over the old paint, right? What is the new chapter for you? What is the energy that you are stepping into as you step out of the old and stagnant? This is home magic on a cleansing level. Seriously, that's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. You could leave it just at at that and it would be so incredibly effective. But some other really fun tips you can do, um, incorporate and draw sigils on the different products or tools of your home, on your broom, on your mop, on your spray, on your wipes, on your paper towels, right? On your washcloths. You can um, physically... Uh, like paint or draw on symbols onto doors and drawers, right? And different areas of your house. Or you can just do it with your finger or a wand, okay? You don't have to permanently mark anything. I use my finger for freaking everything. Or I use my selenite wand. Um, I use my selenite wand after cleaning the house a lot, a lot. And I always personally finish by going and drawing pentagrams on all the doors and the windows of the house, okay? Um, At the very end, sometimes I do this just at night, especially for those of us that maybe you're having a hard night and you're getting the creepy crawlies and you're having a hard time going to sleep and maybe it's just regular anxiety or maybe you heard a weird noise. But either way, if you're having those like fears or anything like that late at night, one of my favorite, favorite forms of home magic is I close my eyes and I envision all of my house and home on a giant pentacle and that glows underneath on the earth and the foundation of my house. And that glow rises up into a gorgeous, beautiful, protective dome around my house. Always helps me go to sleep. Always, always. This is me connecting with my home's energy and asking that energy or that entity for further protection. Okay. Um, So you can do, again, tons and tons of visualization. You can incorporate uh, sigils and symbols, again, on your cleaning products, on objects of your home. And then don't forget decorating and aesthetics. Like we were talking about with Taurus and that Venetian energy, the aesthetics matter. Your environment matters, right? How you experience the physical realm of your home matters. So whether it's the little working travel altar that you're carrying and bringing with you, or it's a physical room in your house that you're decorating, um, what energy, right? Think back on those intentions that you're trying to invoke and bring into that room. Is it concentration? Is it focus? Is it protection? Is it love? Is it abundance? Is it confidence? What is it? And then go ahead and look up either online or in your book of correspondences or whatever. Look up different colors associated with that. Look up different symbols associated with that. 
shapes, animals, deities, right? And incorporate these in creative ways into your environment, into your aesthetics, okay? You can hang a picture of a tiger somewhere. You can have a throw blanket of a certain color somewhere. Again, a certain pattern on a rug. You can hang a certain symbol or object or banner, right? Or sash above certain doorways, above certain windows. So get really, really creative. I could get super specific, obviously, um, but we would just go on all day long. And unfortunately, we just can't do that. But really start to explore hearth and home magic way more. Start incorporating way more magic into your cleaning, okay? Into those chores, into the nurturing of your home. You can use you can use uh, music to do this. Like what type of music do you play that's that's like bouncing and singing through the walls of your home while you're cleaning? Like another really beautiful way to make the experience more magical for you. And music has very, very powerful, powerful vibrations in it as well. So you can pick certain songs, certain bands, certain sounds to fill your home with as well, Okay. But home magic really, truly on the most base level, everybody, is that that divine energy exchange. We have to recognize and embrace how much our, our that home energy gives to us. Again, whether it's your physical home or it's somewhere else, whatever home means to you, that place is constantly giving to you. How can you give back to it? How can you nurture that? And you will see over time that the more you participate in that beautiful exchange, ah, the gifts and blessings just grow and grow and grow with never-ending abundance from that source, the more you give and pour into it as well, okay? (sighs) I hope that this episode was really inspiring for you. Um, whether you've ever practiced this before or you haven't, as always, please reach out to me. I love getting your messages and your emails and stuff about um, thoughts and feedbacks uh, and breakthroughs that you had during the show. I, I truly, it, it makes my world go round. So if you do need to, you can head over to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com slash conjure that witch and send me a message there. Again, especially if you have any questions about any of this, I will also be updating our resources page uh, with some hearth and home books and, and websites and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for that. You can head over to thatwitchnextdoor.com slash resources. Folks, we're officially less than a month out from that witch school. And I just can't believe it. It's amazing. I I'm every single day I wake up so excited that we're going to start this journey together. I promise you. So I wanted to take a second at the very end of the episode here to uh, give a little bit further insight and details for those of you that are waiting, very anxiously awaiting enrollment coming in spring um, and offer you some more details and information about what that witch school is and what you can expect. So this is a monthly membership that will be launching for the spring equinox. Okay, so airy season. I promise we're almost there. And this is going to be a place for learning and for community. Those of you that listen to the show and 
you can't get enough and you just want to go deeper. You want to connect with me. You want to connect with other practitioners. You want to share your knowledge and what you've learned. You want to be able to gobble up what other people are sharing. This is going to be the place for you. This is going to be a membership that comes with a full self-paced course every quarter, okay? So every season is how I broke that down, the winter, spring, summer, and fall season. Um, We will have a full self-paced course every quarter. It's going to be a chunky class, okay? And that's why I'm giving you the full quarter to really get through it at your own pace. But for those of us that might get through it a little bit quicker, there's going to be all kinds of other educational goodies that you get um, every month in the membership as well. So there's going to be additional lessons, additional trainings. Uh, Sometimes there'll be totally standalone lessons and trainings and like little mini classes. Sometimes they will be much further in-depth classes of something that we talked about on the podcast. There, you're going to have access to private podcast episodes, access to private blog posts as well that self-paced course, like I mentioned. And then one of my, if not my favorite part about all of this is going to be our private community group over on Mighty Networks. Uh, Mighty Networks is a different social media platform without an algorithm that we can all go and connect with each other and learn with each other and grow with each other. But most importantly, support each other. I want the community of that witch school to be a place where we can all come and be with each other and just fucking get it. (laughs) You can come share and talk about that crazy dream that you had. Come share and talk about that fucking card that you pulled again. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. You can come and ask questions about a client that you were reading for and you're not sure how it goes. We can talk about, right? I, I want this to be a place for spiritual folks and practitioners and witches to come and learn with each other, but most importantly, support each other. Because that truly, my friends, is the name of the game right now, is is in our community with one another. And we can't just sit by and and wait for a wait for our community to find us. Sometimes it's, it's, we go out and seek and create our own community. And that's exactly what we're going to use Mighty Networks for. And we're going to get out of the algorithm space. So you don't have to worry about missing posts or, or anything at all like that. And this private community group is going to be this really beautiful, safe space where we're not only going to be connecting with each other on Mighty Networks and supporting each other there, but we're also, I'm so excited to be offering this. We are also going to be joining each other in a monthly group tutoring event. So every month we're going to get together on Zoom. You're going to get face-to-face time with me. Bring your notebook, bring your pen, bring your chart, bring your questions, bring the course, bring the lessons, whatever questions you've been having. And we're going to learn and work through these 
together. We'll be exploring the energies um, of different aspects of the Zodiac chart, different branches of witchcraft. There will be different themes for the group tutoring calls, but no matter what, there's always going to be this very interactive energy. We're going to all talk, all participate, and all help and support one another. And because I am just so excited about this and because I'm so grateful for how many of you already have so much interest in this membership coming up, um, I am going to be offering our very first group tutoring call on March 16th, okay, the week before the school launches. And this first one is going to be free so that you can join us in the group tutoring call and see what we can kind of expect in that witch school. I will also, at that event, be offering a seriously generous gift to those that come to the event and are on the wait list for that witch school to be able to take advantage of uh, when enrollment opens. So definitely, definitely not something you want to miss. Um, you might have already RSVP'd if you already saw this in that Witch Gazette. That's going to be the first place for announcements. So make sure you get over and subscribe to my email list. You can do that on my homepage, thatwitchnextdoor.com. Just drop in your email. If you sign up for the wait list for that witch school, that also will automatically add you to my email newsletter as well. Um, if you would like, though, I also dropped the RSVP link here in the show notes if you would like to join us. This is going to be limited to 100 participants. And I can't believe that I even have to say that out loud, that there's a chance we we may cap. We, we, may, we may have to cap. So if that is something that you would like to do, make sure you uh, hop into the RSVP and uh, drop your name and your email. I hope, hope, hope to see you there. I'm so grateful for all of you. Thank you all so, so much for being with me today and every day. I'll see you next week. Stay magical out there. Hey, magical human. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That Witch Podcast. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to share with a friend or give a shout out on your social media. You can also leave a five-star rating and review on both Apple and Spotify. And if you can't get enough of all of our witchy, magical content here in the neighborhood, you definitely want to make sure you're subscribed to my email newsletter, That Witch Gazette. It's a really fun, really convenient, one-stop shop to stay up to date on all of the news and happenings here in our neighborhood. If you have any questions, suggestions, ideas for the show, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, you can send me a message at thatwitchnextdoor.com slash conjurethatwitch. Thank you so much. I'll see y'all next time.